Welcome back to Switched On, a platform for our emerging generations who are looking at belonging to a community that upholds what it means to learn and grow from life's experiences in order to fulfill one's potential, becoming more switched on in the process. Enjoy the episode. Hey yo, hey yo, Bubba, how are you brother? Mate, I am very, very good. Um, it's Friday, it's uh, a few days out from a big trip. And, uh, yeah, big mate, fella's going to Zambia. How cool yeah, is that? So, mate, excited. Um, yeah, I'm going really well, mate. Going really well. How are you going? Yeah, good. Buzzing. Like you said, it's Friday. and just been enjoying, been enjoying the uni break as of late. Um, go back soon. But yeah, just making the most of it. And really keen for today's episode as, um, as I've showed you, I've been uh, very keen on this bloke's content and, and what his message is about. Um, and... Yeah, I was like we were talking about it this morning, so we're very excited. And his name is Tom Forrest. How are you going, mate? Tom and Braden, thanks for having me on this morning. I really appreciate it. I'm going really well. The sun's out, weekend's here. I'm, um, I'm in good spirits. That's what we like to hear. Epic, mate. So before we go into a bit more about yourself, we'll just jump into the first question as we always do. What did you do to get switched on this morning, mate? Look, I feel like uh, I have like a pretty inbuilt routine to try and start the day as best as possible. And that <laughs> for me is basically, that for me is just not checking my phone or my socials until I get to work. So I'll wake up, have a coffee, chuck on the news. Um, I'll, I'll glance at the phone once I'm, you know, sitting in front of the television and like having my coffee, but no laying in bed, scrolling on the phone when I get up. And then I put the phone down, get ready for the day, walk to work. And when I get here, I can check the phone. That's always just like nice not to be scrolling or having headphones in as I'm walking to work and like actually taking in uh, what's happening around me. How good is that? I love that, Tom. And just Chris, quickly, you said you don't have the headphones on when you walk to work? Don't have the headphones on when I work to, when I, when I walk to work. No, no. That's yes. like my, one of my morning rules. Love it's all that. good once the day's done, but... I feel like in the morning, you know, if I'm walking to work and it's say, you know, 6.45 in the morning when I'm walking and sort of I'm in Sydney and it's not too busy at that time of morning, the sun's sort of just sort of, you know, coming over the horizon at the moment it's winter, not having the headphones in and it's like actually having a bit of me time and sort of quiet time and not blaring beats, you know, through the headphones, a good way to start the day. Love that. I, I, um, I used to, when I, because I'm a bit the same, morning routine and stuff, so love you touch on that because I was always podcasting like got the headphones in while I'm walking in the morning and then I'm just mm. like one morning I, I just like just completely forgot them and just was just walking and I was like got halfway yeah. through the walk and I was like this is so much better like why have I been just like because you actually just take everything in it's time for yourself like yeah, like you just free 100%. your mind. 100%. So I love that. Absolutely. So, yeah, Absolutely. Love I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Headphones come in later on in the day. Yeah, you know, 100%. Starting off the day, just a bit, 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 bit of solo time is always good. Love it. Yeah. Tom. Well, other Tom. How did you, <laughs> what did you do this morning, mate, to get switched on? Mate, I've been in the middle of, of moving houses and so my routine's been thrown out of whack, but I've still been able to do some things a bit similar. So I'm um, getting towards the end of the footy season at the moment, body's getting a bit Ginge. Um, so, nice bit of yoga, bit of stretching, cold shower, brekkie, and then make my way to the office for our first meeting and then the pod. So, yeah, feeling very switched on today. What about you, Bubba? Um, just quickly, that is one of the best feelings is not waking up or worrying about being sore from football. I'm just telling <laughs> you that much. But I did 
Um, the usual, the usual morning routine, mate. But I've actually um, changed it up, oh, yeah. right? Because I don't know with this trip coming up, right? This week I've changed my morning routine because Zambia. I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to do my yeah, usual routine, day, right? So I thought, why not change it up a bit um, and try new things and and think about what I might be able to do there. Like I don't know anywhere we're going, right? So. I was like, well, you might not be able to do your normal morning walk routine that you'd normally do. So I've, I've cut that down. I cut that down this week. So just little things like that, which has been pretty cool. Um, but to get switched on this morning, um, I did a little walk before coming in here, um, which was nice. I just quickly jumped out for 10 minutes, walked around the block um, before this podcast, and now I feel real good, energized, the sun's out, so... Um, but as as you know, mate, just the usual stuff to, to get me going this morning. But that little walk just then actually really cleared my <laughs> mind, so it was good. Excellent. All right, I'm keen to get this episode going. So I'll give a little um, introduction to Tom, and then he can elaborate a bit further if, if if he needs to. But so you might have seen Tom Forrest on the, on ABC the last couple of years, or the likes of the Kananura Kid, as well as My Year Twelve Life. Um, and now we're still on ABC as a journalist. Um, if you follow Indigenous ABC as well, you see his face in there all the time. And you probably hear him on Triple J as well from time to time. Um, his social presence on Instagram is some of my favourite content to watch and it's definitely something you need to go check out. Um, and then, yeah, just continue to explore the world with journalism. And um, I'm excited to see where his journey continues to take him and... Yeah, Tom, if you want to elaborate on that anymore, please do. Absolutely. No, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Very, very, very beautiful intro. And, um, always nice to hear, I guess. But uh, look, yeah, you know, I, I was raised in the Kimberley. I was raised in Western Australia, um, you know, grew up in a small town called Wyndham, uh, which is right far in the East Kimberley, right at the most northernest point of Western Australia. Sort of small Indigenous community. Had a, had a beautiful upbringing there, very out bush, you know, riding motorbikes, going fishing, just very normal sort of living, like living out uh, re- quite remote. I, I sort of dabbled in Perth occasionally. Um, you know, I ended up, I actually ended up going to five different high schools in oh, wow. my, yeah, my whole life. Yeah. So, you know, I was sort of, I was at three high schools in Perth never for that long and then always sort of back to the Kimberley not for any specific reason I guess I just had a young mum and a lot of my family were in the Kimberley so yeah we just kind of did a lot of moving around but not not necessarily in a negative way and then you know yeah as you mentioned with the the My Year 12 Life um, that was an ABC me show I was in which I back in 2017 and I remember I was at school in Kununurra um, finishing off my last year of high school and this yeah, this casting call came out by a production company about this new show of theirs where they were after 14 cast members to film their life through high school and I was, I was really fortunate I ended up getting one of those roles they sent you a camera but you know it was a bit it was more than that but you know they sent you this camera essentially and you film your whole life for the, for the, for the whole year. And I just remember thinking, you know, I'm in the Kimberley. I'm so lucky to have this beautiful lifestyle. I was living independently. Like I had family still in the region, but I was, I was living out of home. Um, and yeah, I, I filmed my whole life for that year. And uh, it was played out the next year on 23 episodes, you know, split between four, 14 cast members, just looking into the lives of these different, um, you know, high school students and, 
they, they really got a diverse mix. I guess they got myself, who's kind of like the bush kid from Western Australia. They got the, you know, sort of Melbourne private school, the, um, you know, the, the, the tradie who wants to be a tradie and they mixed it up. Yeah, and, cool. um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was just really cool as a teenager. And then, you know, I got my own television show, the Kananara kid, which was about exploring my indigenous heritage and finding out more about that. Um, and then, you know, uh, going on that journey and then yeah eventually started at the abc as a journalist which is probably where my passion lies the most is just about storytelling and telling stories in the regions right now it's telling indigenous stories for abc indigenous so yeah i think that's really the passion has always been there for storytelling yeah big time man and, and even just tuning into your content for oh as long as i have i can't exactly remember <laughs> but um and in that time just like uh i'm inspired i mean i laugh and and I love it, but um, in one of the in videos in particular, you you do mention that you're from the Yorta Yorta mob in Victoria, and then you moved to Kununurra. Is that right? So it was look basically it was kind of it's, it was a really interesting journey finding out about my indigenous heritage. You know, I grew up in the Kimberley, and I grew up knowing I was Aboriginal. I always knew I was Indigenous, but I was a disconnection to that cultural side. And the reason there was a disconnection to my Indigenous heritage is because my father was in jail and he's always been in that sort of cycle of incarceration. He was in jail when I was born and up until now, I'm 24, he's still in and out. He's out at the moment, actually, and, 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 I, and I, it's, not a, it's not necessarily negative. Me and my father have a great relationship and it's almost better when he is in jail, in a sense. Like, there aren't these kind of, you know, um, challenges of being back out that he faces. So... He doesn't know his father, who's Aboriginal. I kind of knew my dad, but he was in jail, and he was kind of my connection to the Indigenous side. So, yeah, I had to go and I had to go see my dad um, in prison in Perth, and he'd said, "Look, I don't even know what tribe we are, but I know we're Aboriginal." Um, I he's like, "I know my dad's in Victoria." So yeah, I went on this journey to like finding my grandfather. To I didn't know what he looked like. I never met him, never spoken to him. I didn't even know his name actually. And yeah, kind of got to remote, kind of got to regional Victoria, was given like a roadmap. Like my auntie Mary, who I just met also in Victoria, knew my grandfather and she had drawn out this roadmap of town. Like, you know, wow. oh, go up main road, turn right, left, right. You'll see the house of defense. And um, yeah, sure enough, one day, yeah, I just pulled in. I think I was like 18 years old and um, me and, um, you know, I was documenting it and the cameraman's name was also Tom. Um, and so <laughs> it was just me and him and I got out, knocked on the door and I was like, oh, hey, like, um, I'm your grandson. <laughs> you know, I'm your grandson. Wow. Um, and we spent the afternoon together. Yeah. And he, he brought out newspaper clippings. He brought out all of the art he does. His, his father, so my great grandfather was like a very well-respected, a well-renowned emu egg carver. Um, and yeah, I found out that, yeah, I was your order. So, you know, I was like 18 years of my life, you know, knowing I was Aboriginal, not necessarily having that connection though. And then, yeah, just found out like, oh, you're your order. And like, you know, got to learn more about the, the heritage from my end that had been lost. So it was, it was, it was pretty interesting. It was a pretty, um, out there experience, but it was nice. It was kind of like a bit of a reconnection, right? And, and really learning more about my roots and um, yeah, kind of kind of just knowing knowing who I fully am, I guess, in, in a way. And it must be a, a relief as well to actually finally know and find find that out. 
100%, you know, and also it was like, you know, I grew up in these Aboriginal communities. Like I was just like one of the boys, like one of the mob, you know, cruising around, like the way I spoke and, you know, the other kids that I hung out with, and, you know, it was an Aboriginal community. So there's not really any segregation in terms of like kids or schools or anything like that. And it was all pretty normal for me growing up. Um, and then, you know, are you Aboriginal? And I'd say, yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah, I'm Aboriginal. And have no idea that's all i could say you know like i i don't know anything you know i don't know uh and especially back then you know like the the, the country name or like the land name or the, the tribes like was i just had no idea so yeah it was just kind of like now when someone asked me now i know you know like where i'm from and that indigenous side you know so yeah it was it was it was it was very rewarding and it was very like it was a very fulfilling experience mate i can somewhat relate to that like uh, being asked that question oh you're original like where's your mob from and mm. for a long time i still haven't really known and we still don't know like we kind of know roughly that um mum's uh, dad's mum was from the goring mob out in Kata near Katanning. um but really mm. um i kind of got in touch with my indigenous heritage when i was growing up in bunbury when i was year eight or nine playing footy with um a couple of the, the Hill family. And so I was, I, I guess I was, yeah, learnt my indigenous heritage on, on, Wada, on Wadani co country. Um, and since yeah, then wow. I've been really wanting to, yeah, focus in and learn a bit more. And, um, and my, and my cousin and I, Lockie Thomas, he was actually on the pod. We're trying to dive into the heritage a bit more. And so we believe that we've got, um, um, one of the great granddads that have, sort of trace back in Perth somewhere. So we're hopefully looking forward to meeting up with him this year sometime. And, um, and hopefully it's, it'll be a similar kind of story as to what you mentioned about rocking up and being like, Oh, Hey, I'm your <laughs> great grandson. <laughs> yeah. It's, Oh, look, and that, and that sounds incredible. And it, and it is really hard too, you know, to, to, it, it just, it's just not that it can be, it can be quite challenging trying to figure out that, that, uh, you know, the history, the heritage, um, the family tree and so on, especially with just what happened. There's a lot of, you know, disconnection and there's a lot of like things that weren't recorded and so on. So it sounds like an incredible journey. Now, and I hope you can fulfill that journey too, because it totally is just really fulfilling. And um, yeah, just finding out more, more about where, where you come from. So it sounds, you know, that sounds incredible. Yeah. Thanks for that, mate. I'll look to hopefully um, record it as well. It'd be good. Absolutely. Make sure you do 100% then send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I want to touch on um, two things going back to, mm -hmm. and, and Tom can probably, um, <laughs> Tom, because you probably could both get confused, but you both can probably touch on it. Um, you, uh, when you go, when you first was like, I'm going to go meet, meet my granddad, mate, like that's, that's big, right? For someone you've never met, someone you don't know, and just rocking up and be like, hey, I'm your grandson, like that, that takes courage, that takes a lot of guts, right? had like what made you overcome that like no nah, i really want to meet him and you don't know the outcome you don't know what's going to happen like because people go through that like some people unfortunately don't have that you know it could be their parents could be their mom or their dad like not in their life but they're out there mm -hmm. and they go and meet them and they really want to meet them but sometimes they're just you know too scared or they don't know what, how the person's going to react like what was going through your mind if you can remember and what was the nah i'm what was that moment of like, nah, I really want to do this because of this. Does that make sense? No, th yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you too, Brayden. I appreciate it. Look, 
I guess I always grew up as a young person asking questions. So I, I was kind of lucky in, in having that interest and had a pretty, pretty interesting family dynamic. You know, dad's in jail. I've got a young mom. It's, you're kind of always asking questions growing up, you know, like, oh, like, what's dad in for this time? Or like, where's man or something, you know? So I'd always grown up wanting to know the questions. I think for me, the question just outweighed the idea of not knowing. And, and, and don't get me wrong, like Tom and Braden, I still face like uh, asking the question, that challenge all the time. I mean, last Saturday I was, you know, at, at a venue with some friends uh, eating dinner and I wanted to ask someone a question over text and I had to get everyone in the, in the whole table to convince me to ask the question, <laughs> you know? So, <clears throat> so, you know, it, it, it's still definitely challenging, but I guess in, in, in that specific time, you know, I'm in regional Victoria. Also, I'd been on this journey, you know, I'd left the Kimberley, gone to Perth, went to jail, visited my dad, dad, where's the family? They're in Victoria, traveled across the country to Victoria. So I also had a lot riding on me. I had this journey riding on me. And yeah, for me, asking that question, it outweighed the past 18 years of not knowing who my mob were. And it also outweighed, you know, the decades to come of not knowing. Um, and, and, and it can be scary. You don't know what the person's going to say. It was pretty ruthless. Like I rocked up and I'm this tall, you know, pretty fair bloke, um, 18 years old, bang, knocking on the door. Hey, granddad, <laughs> I'm your grandson. I'm Anthony's son. Like it's pretty full on, you know, but yeah, I think I was just prepared to do it. And, and I wanted to know who I, who I was. Like I, I, I wanted to know who, who my mob were and know more about myself. Um, and so, you know, that I had to come, I had to, to, to face those sort of hurdles and jump over those. And yeah, I think for other people, it, it, it's a bit like wanting help too. You know, if, if you want to know who, who you are, or if you really want to know something, like it's, it's important that you, you know, face those challenges in finding out and it will be challenging and it was challenging for me. Yeah. Well, that's, thanks for answering that. Yeah. That's a beautiful answer. And I just kind of want to add on that because I feel like if, yeah, you're right, Braden, it is a very courageous thing to go out and do and, it's, it's something that maybe in 10, 20, 30 years time that if you were to look back on and you didn't do it, it I just, for me, it'd be such a thing that I, I would regret. Um, mm. um, but yeah. Um, so, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, so like, I just want to both of you, this is a question for both of you. Like, I hope this doesn't come across, you know, I don't know how it might come across, but I just feel like Indigenous people or like people who've got cultural backgrounds, right? I feel there's so much more investment into finding out about your culture, about your background, about your family tree, about your history. And do you do you like do you firstly do you see that as um, something that like you value a lot? And then secondly, is like why do you think that? I guess from your both your backgrounds, is like Indigenous people have so much interest in where they come from their mob their history their background like for generations over like like, like for me for example like i'm i know my mom my dad my nan my pop like i don't know much about their grandparents or where they're from like i couldn't even tell you like where my great 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 granddad was born or anything like that so like i'm just reflecting on that now like where do you do you see that as yeah well it's interesting because and knowing that the indigenous culture is so well, you've got 
so many years, like nearly 60,000 years of history to go back on. You know, it's culturally rich and diverse and um, and there's so many avenues that you can go down into, like the different family trees. You're right. But in the time that we've only known that we've actually had an, an Indigenous family, like Dad only found out he was actually Indigenous when he was 25. Um, and then for me and then raising me like it was never like it was never really involved in our, um our, in our family even dad's side of the family and so it was sort of something that I had to embark on myself as a as a young teenager playing footy and and then yeah still wanting to dive into a lot more now so um I try to dive into as much as I can and I'm really passionate about it and I think it's something about like when I when I go up north when I go traveling or I'm out in the environment I can feel the connection to the land um and so I, and i know that it's, that's part of the indigenous inside me and that's something that i'm i'm really proud of um and hopefully to learning to discover more yeah what about you tom yeah i think and i think that's such a lovely answer um and i and i, I definitely I totally agree and i guess off the, the back of that um yeah i mean the indigenous culture is so interesting the history is um yeah, incredible in terms of when, like, in terms of the thousands and thousands of years. Very interesting. You know, I've been really lucky to. I lived out bush for six months in the East Kimberley. Um, I got to see a lot of Aboriginal artifacts and paintings that weren't yet, um, you know, shown to to scientists, etc. Um, and it was a very moving experience. Just like it was very moving, you know, going there and seeing these. It's like, oh my god, that's you know, it's very wow. Um, very very interesting and so i think yeah there's this kind of when i found out i was aboriginal too it's like far there's this real there's this side to me i don't know and there's a side to me i want to know you know on the, on my, the, my mum's side and we have a kind of typical um you know irish migration story you know large irish family the whole family migrates to australia uh they live in perth you know etc 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 and there's, you know, kind of these probably records and, you know, history that, that can go up the line in the Irish family, like the classic Murphy. When I look at the Indigenous side for me, it is it is pretty, it's a pretty interesting way to look at it. It's like, you know, and down the line, dad doesn't really know about his culture. So I want to go find out about it. Like I want to go find out about the other side of me that I don't know, you know. And also there's a lot of those you know, growing up in, in Perth and growing up in Western Australia, I have so many friends that have uh, a, a kind of typical family dynamic. Let's say they're, you know, uh, and I'm also Italian, but, you know, I have these Italian friends and their mum and dad are both Italian. Their mum's mum and dad are both Italians. They have, you know, no, 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 no on both sides. <laughs> um, and they kind of get that up the line, right? And I guess I never had that. So I was so interested in, in finding out, you know, who is my grandfather then and who was his mum and dad. So, yeah, and I think just with that, that, it, that learning the history about what challenges they had and, and also what they achieved, um, yeah, really interests me. Yeah, that's, um, well, with you saying that, Tom, I think we've got more in common, actually, because I'm Italian. My last name is O'Brien, which is Irish heritage. So yeah. <laughs> You two are somehow, like, <laughs> related. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, well, with that, like, with all of that, right, there's got to be, like, some... Is there conflict? Is there, like... Like, I'm, I'm, I love, like, having... I'm jealous of, like, not being 
in a way like you hear nonna and, and these sort of things like cultural traditions like um you know all these sort of things no matter where, where it is or what background it is because i don't really have like any of that stuff which i wish i did because i think it's so cool but like because you've got so many different like you've got irish then you've got italian you've got uh, like you're indigenous like is there conflict or because i know there'd be different rules and different like um you know i guess certain belief systems and, and things like that is, is there any conflict in any of that that's a question for both of you i guess because that's what i'm i'm just be interested to hear because i know like like different mm. mobs can't um i'm not sure if like there's so much like that or i'm not sure if there's so much conflict but I, th- I do see actually sometimes a correlation or similarities between say yeah being with nunna nunna and like just how that's that, so cool and just uh, being like how we sit down we appreciate we emails together and just like such a loving culture and like i guess it's kind of similar with the indigenous mob and just and how like they like sit down and just like and connect with each other like and be present with each other and just yeah have a feed you know that kind of thing anything yeah what are your thoughts tom yeah look you know it's been my fa- my family dynamic is, is just so different to my friends that i had growing up not not entirely a lot of friends at the kimberley share similarities but um you know i have a lot of friends who had a different family dynamic i think now in sort of this year and uh, this day and age myself i'm very fortunate like uh, i get to work as an indigenous journalist you know i'm from the kimberley i feel really connected to my home there i have a relationship with my father who's in jail i ha- got to meet my my grandfather and actually connect those dots i think for you know, um, uh, but, but, but yeah, it, it, I'm just, I'm very fortunate with that family dynamic and I can still maintain those relationships. And, um, I like, you know, I like the diversity. Like I, I really enjoy, you know, I like my, I love my mum's side of the family and also really love my dad's side of the family. I love sort of bringing both those worlds together in my own life. Um, no, I think, yeah, I think it's like, it's really fortunate thing. And I'm, I'm like, I'm happy about that situation, you know? Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I'm curious, I guess, then, um, with, with growing up with the diversity. I mean, you mentioned before, like, you're a very a curious kid. Um, mm. And then you can kind of see that's in, see that's how that's transformed in, well, into the man you are today. So, in like, in, in how you're in journalism and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'd, I love you. I love, I'd love for you to touch on how um, that diverse upbringing has shaped you as a man today and just expand on that curiosity more. Yeah, totally. Look, you know, it's it's sort of funny, you know, I have these conversations with people and we talk about, uh, you know, me and my close friends will have these yarns and we'll talk about uh, privilege or people having a, a step up in the world or people having more opportunities because of you know, maybe their family dynamic or their family upbringing. And I, I kind of reflect on mine, you know, it's so easy to have a crack at someone who may have had more opportunity, someone whose mum and dad are still together and, you know, their whole family is still kind of, you know, together and connected and, you know, you have a nice big house and you go to the, the one school, et cetera, good group of friends and, and um, et cetera, et cetera. It's so easy to have a crack at that. And, you know, uh, 
when you're someone who who doesn't net who didn't necessarily have that opportunity but i guess when i think about it you know i want the same for my children right i you know i want my children to have a a stable upbringing with um you know good opportunities and i did i did i had a great upbringing and i had really good opportunities i think you know it's funny when i reflect on like you know my dad being in prison and like going to all these different high schools and moving around a lot um and my mum being a young parent you know how that made me today yeah probably probably resilience in there somewhere from these you know harder times i'd say but again i don't know i i, I try to be so optimistic about my life and that so happy but you know it made me definitely resilient i feel in a way like the ability to bounce back 100 percent the curiosity, you know, the, the curiosity into my own upbringing and to other people's upbringing and to other people's dynamic and other people's stories, therefore gives me the ability today as a journalist to, to look into these things. Um, the ability to connect with all walks of life. Um, it, I've had the most, you know, bizarre experiences as an adult where, you know, I'll either be like traveling in Europe or I'll be in Sydney a really, you know, well-respected uh, TV personality's house. And then my dad would call from jail and, you know, I have to step out. Sorry, he's going to take a call. And it's a phone call coming in from prison. And I'm saying to my, my father, oh, dad, tune in next week. I'll be on the TV. Like I'm presenting a, a package, a news package or something like that. So what, what a bizarre two feet to stand on, you know, one in this sort of world and one, one in another. But I think, yeah, my upbringing gave me the ability to, you know, you could you could send in someone really rough or someone really high maintenance and high class, however you want to put it. Um, you know, I feel like I've, I've had experience with with all, all walks of life. So and I put that down to my upbringing, um, not being too sheltered. Uh, and, and yeah, I guess seeing a, a lot of different styles of life. So, mate, that's that's unbelievable, that perspective, because you could have gone two ways, right? You could have. Everyone's got a choice and we talk about that a lot and the way you've shaped that, your experiences, your, your curiosity, your optimism, your gratitude for your upbringing, your resilience and reflecting on that and then using that not only for yourself but you're like, okay, this person's probably gone through that or when, you, you're, when you're meeting someone, when you're at someone else's house like you've just said, like you've got perspective from... What your grow like how you grew up, and I just think like that mindset of seeing and understanding that what you've been through has shaped you in such a good way because you can go down the wrong path and and treat your circumstances like you know poor me I'm a victim of this, but the way you've shown growth, the way you've shown optimism, gratitude, is um mate that's very like it's honestly it's a big respect to you. And I love how you just mentioned that you're at someone's house. You've got a big gig, or you know, in Sydney, and your and your dad's in prison, and it's just like that. You've got, you know, the, just the complete difference of what people are going through right now. Like your no, old man was yeah. in prison, and and but and then here you are at someone's house, like some famous person's house. Like just the two difference in walks of life, and just having that totally. perspective that that you've got. Um, yeah, mate, I just want to say that's awesome, but it's also a big lesson for people out there that no matter what you're going through, 
if you if you shape it and you use it for the right thing, you can have a pretty, you know, great life by the sounds of what you're doing. So, um, no, yeah, thank, I love that. Thank, thank you so much. And and it totally is bizarre too, right? Like it, it's definitely. Um, I live in Sydney and 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 I'm really grateful for like my lifestyle, which is also pretty normal too. I was doing really normal things at the same time, but um, it's yeah pretty wild if then I fly back to the Kimberley, which is home, or fly back to Western Australia to see my father's side of the family. It is really dipping, you know, your your whole self in these just completely different sort of worlds, lifestyles, etc. But yeah, has has really helped me being able to connect to anyone which helps the journalist helps the storyteller but also just helps in life helps in making friends and yeah i think it's like the two things i took away from that is yeah even with sort of hardship um and i know other you know people experience different types of that in their life um there kind of is like another there's, there's like you know the other end to that there's also like you come out the other end and you can come out the other end on top of that too so that's definitely one way I see it. And also, you know, another thing I try and keep in mind with these things are um, what other people may be going through. You know, I um, it's so easy just to, to judge the person who's walking too slow in front of you or, you know, someone who's like, doesn't say thank you or please and like kind of gets on your nerves a little bit. But, you know, sometimes I have to step back to myself and, and think, all right, the amount of people I've kind of met who are going through like all these different things it's probably just that person, you know, like I can sort of cut them some slack. So yeah, try, just trying to make myself a better person from all these, you know, sort of different scenarios growing up. I love that. And um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm big on the values and what you live by and how they shape you. So, and I know that mm. comes from your, like your, what you've been through, your experiences, right? So I'd love to, because you've got like, literally, man, it's like you're in five different worlds, right? Mm. For mm. you because of so many different things. So, one is what are your like your values like your top i guess top three that have sort of shaped who you are and what you live by today and mm. how do you stay true to the same person you are while being i guess in so many different aspects of life like yeah like with everything you're doing but staying true to you <coughs> so i'd love to know yeah if that if that if that question two questions make sense yeah 100 percent. yeah 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 um, look, I, the first, I'm going to answer the first one on, on how I stay true myself or how I do my best to staying true yeah. to myself. Like for me, it 100% is like going back home to the Kimberley all the time will help with that. Like I grew up in a small indigenous community, you know, um, when I go back there, I go back there by myself, you know, I'm not like, you know, um, and I'm just there, I'm at home, I'm with my family. I have a great connection to my family. Like I speak to my mum every single day. We'll speak on the phone three times a day. So it's not like I'm kind of just out of the loop living my life in Sydney. I have that great relationship. But going back home, it's like, this is where I come from. This is me, you know? Um, and I do all the same. It's nice having these sort of toes and different lifestyles, et cetera. But, um, you know, for me at the end of the day, like I'm from the Kimberley and that's where I grew up and like that, that's who I am. Um, and... I'll always keep reminding myself of that. No matter like what I'm doing in the city, no matter what event or what it may be, at the end of the day, like I'm just a guy from the Kimberley. And um, yeah, and I, and I never really forget that. And I sort of make sure, you know, that's instilled with me and never get ahead of myself. And 
and maybe one of the reasons that is because you know one of the something i really value is is respect and respect respect for other people um regardless of what they do you know um yeah i think it's just important that i think there's like there should really be a baseline level of respect for everybody you don't have to oh if they don't you know they need to earn my respect etc you should have i have a you know you should really have a baseline respect for everybody you know essentially that you that you come across that you meet i'm talking day-to-day -day life you know you, you know the person who serves a coffee the person who's driving the train who's who's getting you to work etc that's something i um yeah i i really value is general overall respect it's one of the reasons um yeah i feel like i've, I've so where i've kind of landed you know um i've been so lucky with that uh, the other thing I really value is uh, is friendships. Um, you know, I have so many times, even more recently in Sydney, where you know when I moved here, it was harder financially. You're trying to get on top of things. You know, you're trying to get a rental and you're trying to you know build the house up, etc. And I've done all that. I've been in Sydney for for seven or eight months now, and the house is fine. And you know, I'm not worried financially anymore. Like I'm getting by um but the thing i really miss is friendships like at the end of the day you know when i'm living in this massive city and you know i could probably uh, i've been here long enough that i could probably walk down the road stop into a restaurant or or, or whatever uh, get a pub feed and i'd know someone there someone would say g'day anyway but you know those really solid friendships um those are what i really miss and those are something that i really value and that i'm really trying to build on more in sydney i go back all my friends are back home in the kimberley and it's harder as an adult to make those actual strong friendships you almost got to force it you almost got to force the friendships to happen to hang out spend time with someone to get to know them um and the other night i was sort of speaking to my best friend back home in the kimberley and like for the first time i said you know like oh i'm actually i think i'm actually feeling a bit lonely for the first time you know uh, since moving to Sydney and I just don't realize how much I value those friendships just having a mate to sit down with and do nothing just scroll on the phone go for a walk you know we're just like going and getting a coffee isn't so forced and you can just talk about whatever I I, I really you know um see I really value those um friendships um and oh god the last the last thing I mean look I think my family is my, my final you know one of the something I really value, like I've been so grateful with my family, even my father being in jail, uh, even my mum being young and, you know, young single mum raising me, I was pushed in whatever direction I felt like going. For when I wanted to start taking photos, mum got me a camera. You know, when I wanted to start playing music, mum got me a ukulele. Whatever I tell my dad I'm doing, he said, I love that son, you just go, yeah, you just go do it. And same as my grandfather. So I have never been told you'll never be able to do that. You know, I was so grateful with these opportunities that I was pushed and given the support no matter what it was. You know, when I was younger, I wanted to ride motorbikes. Granddad, you know, got us motorbikes and we started ra racing motocross. Same with Speedway, we started racing Speedway. And so that the family is, is for me, is why I don't um, get worried. Oh, um, imposter syndrome, uh, sorry, you know, yeah, uh, sorry, yeah. Uh, the whatever, you know, I feel very confident in what I do and that's, that's my family and I value, I value them for that and I value my family. Mate, that's some gold right there and thank you so much for sharing. Um, I can, yeah, just 
inspired by it myself. Um, but yeah, that's that's amazing. And uh, and I guess on the back of that, I mean, we could we could talk about our values and these really deep chats <laughs> for a long time. Totally. Um, but for I did want to move on, and you kind of mm-hmm. m- mentioned before um, about this the how your curiosity had led you into journalism, and then even just mentioning then how your mum. Um, was supportive in getting you a camera and how you were able to do that. And so that's just why I mm. wanted to sort of go in down that road. Um, yeah, so how and why did you get into journalism and how what are you exactly doing with that at the moment? Yeah, so um, I'd always, from a young age, I've always liked cameras. I'd always like taking photos from a young age. I remember like sort of being in year nine or year eight and was definitely interested in photography and like Photoshop and um editing cool looking things like from from a young age the photoshop and taking photos interested from yeah so definitely always always liked photos as i got a bit older start watching more youtube still in high school love filmmaking love the idea of it of vlogging you know that's really when vlogging started taking off on youtube etc the my year 12 life thing got me over the line you know i'm in year 12 um, 16 or 17 years old. I have my license. I'm finishing up high school in the Kimberley. I've been given a camera. You're going to go on telly. And that for me was this great opportunity to, to really film what, what, what life is like for that year. And, you know, so that might mean setting up sequence shots, telling the story using the camera, you know, the show was out. It, it was really, the show went really well. And then the Kananara kid happened. So, you know, almost like been very lucky with these organic opportunities from just having the passion there and the storytelling. But what was quite interesting is after the Kananara Kid, which was like my own show essentially, and I was, you know, 18 and it was all, you know, full of life and so exciting, 18 years old, had my own show, is I went back to um, non-media work after that television show. The Kananara Kid, it went to air. Um, I went back to working at the Bottolo. I was working in hospitality. I worked in the pizza shop. I worked for Parks Wildlife. I did some labouring. I was doing all these wild jobs. I was working in a cafe in Melbourne. This is after the show went to air. Um, And uh, you know, I knew nothing was going to fall in the lap. It was like pretty evident. It was pretty obvious by that stage after the show had aired that no one's going to pull up, you know, to me and say, "Here's another TV show for you," and. Uh, the next opportunity that did come along is is like completely set up to where I was today. And that was an Indigenous traineeship at ABC Kimberley and Broome. And super, super lucky there. Didn't have to go to university. Um, and this is, you know, a company or organisation, sorry, the ABC, basically put up a salary for an Indigenous person for one year and they will teach you as much as you want to know. You know, they have obviously required to teach you something, but, you know, it's up to the person. And... I applied for this Indigenous traineeship. I was in Melbourne. Uh, I hadn't been in Melbourne for too long and I got it. And I, you know, I knew that, yes, I wanted to stay in Melbourne. It was fun. It was a cool city. I was young, but um, I wasn't really moving forward. So I had to take this opportunity once I'd applied and I'd gotten it. And uh, having the previous background in the TV shows definitely helped me get, 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 you know, get, get that role. And I moved to Broome and was just all this amazing opportunity and I'm living in Broome now. I'm working at the ABC. You kind of, it's up to you how much you want to learn. And I was just so interested in radio and photography and TV and videography. That for the first year, I just asked questions. And I remember the first day my boss said to me, 
here's a microphone, just go out and find a story and record it on the microphone and come back. I didn't even know what a story was at that point. Like I didn't even know how to tell a story in a journalism sense. And I just like met this backpacker on the beach in Cable Beach and asked her what she was doing. And she was traveling Australia with her art painting because the city was making her depressed. And so I just asked her a few questions on the microphone about that. I took her back to the office and I was on radio the next day as a segment called Tell Me a Story that we just made up. Huh. That hands-on approach was like, oh my God, like this is my first out the ABC and I'm on the radio the next day. Like that's crazy. Imagine what I can do in a year. Um, and so, you know, this amazing supportive work system, this amazing team that I work with. I wanted to do TV. They taught me how to do TV. You know, I wanted to do longer form radio packages. They taught me that. I wanted to do live radio. So I started presenting mornings on ABC Kimberley. Um, and yeah, the, the more it rolled on, the bigger and the bigger it got. And then, you know, Triple J sort of started taking a bit of interest. So I eventually resigned from ABC Kimberley and I went to Triple J for a year and focused more on music style of journalism. Um, and once I resigned from Triple J, I ended up at ABC Indigenous, and that's where I am now. And that's probably where the passion lies. The, the role for me here is to find Indigenous stories and tell them, you know, find these Indigenous stories that, that, that no one else can find or that people are struggling to find because there's not many resources. So for me, it's, um, it's almost fighting the battle in a different way too. Like, um, you know, there's there's so many things going on right now in the Aboriginal community and politics, etc. I feel like the way to battle that is to find these amazing Indigenous stories and tell those and highlight those, and that's what I'm doing at the moment. And and it's um yeah, it, it like is so rewarding every single day. Mate, that journey just sounds so exciting, and and how you've been able to just have an open mind with it at all, and just like see how you've just reaped the rewards and the benefits and just um, now you're just doing something that you're truly passionate about and you can hear it in the way that you express it which is truly inspiring for myself and just the avenue that we're going down because with Switched On it's, it is I guess in a similar sense as to how you mentioned before how you just got a microphone went out to um, that lady in Broome like we're, we're trying to we're trying to touch on the different um, topics and get talk to different guests and the range of um, discovering different ways that people can get switched on in their lives. And um, yeah, so that just really resonated with me then. But um, Thank you. No, absolutely. Uh, and that's, I guess that's where it starts. You know, it's grabbing a camera and going and take photos or it's grabbing that mic and just going yarning to someone and seeing what happens, you know. And um, it just was so grateful for that hands-on approach the boss gave me at ABC Kimberley back, you know, four years ago. Here's a microphone go out and find a story about anything. There's no limit. Just go find a story. And I did, you know, I was on radio the next day. And um, I feel like I carried that same approach now. It's like, grab a camera, walk outside, take a nice photo or something, you know? And yeah. uh, same with filmmaking, go for a walk, find something to make a film about. So yeah, I feel like that mentality is really beneficial. Yeah, and we'll definitely touch more on that um, in a second. Um, but I just, I just wanted to add that it's just admirable how you've been able to do so and like inspire others but also make them laugh um and and yeah I kind of just wanted to share like one of my favorite I guess um pieces of content that you shared apart from the the bush style hey granddad series like they're they're mm. always crack up 
Um, but I love a video. I love one of the videos. I did kind of deep dive on on the on the gram, and I love the mm-hmm. video. If you remember the "Be Yourself" one, yeah, that the "Be Yourself" absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm happy to read it out um, because I'm. Oh, unless you can remember the whole thing off the heart. <laughs> um, no, I, def- I definitely can't. I remember making it, one of my favorite videos. So yeah, please. Yeah, dude. So I'll, I'll, I'll have a crack, but um, yeah, dude, because it's just something that really resonated with me and, um, and, and kind of the, how we touched on the question before and how do you do to continue to be yourself despite the multiple um, personas. But um, I'll give it a crack because who knows, maybe I'm, I'm hoping a lot of the listeners resonate with it as well. So... <clears throat> Um, be yourself. If you're still figuring that out, then that's okay because so is everyone else. Try things you hate, be on time, and on time is late. Give a helping hand when you can and communicate where you stand. Look smart and play the part. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Cry when you're sad, smile when you're happy. You'll miss those times when your life is crappy. But you forget those times when things are good, and that's a good thing. Get out of your comfort zone, and I know that's ironic because our biggest goals in life is to be comfortable. Keep in mind that you are not unstoppable, and that if your life is a bleep in your life, then your life will be a bleep. So be nice where you can. If you're worried about being judged, then don't worry. You probably are, and how cool is that? I wish I thought of that. Some might say otherwise, but they're probably not your allies. Do things you enjoy, and if you don't do what it is, then figure out the things you hate. Um, firstly, I just love the poetry and, um, Thank you. and I'm just curious as to how you came to that sort of realization. Yeah, no, thank, thank, thank you so much. And God, you know, I, I really enjoyed making that video. I should, um, I should redo it. I really enjoyed it, but look, there's all these, there's a lot of similarities in that poem in, in each line is sort of similar to, to the next in a sense. Like there's this overwrite, the overarching uh, thing is be yourself, right? Yeah. It's essentially like as I was growing up as a teenager, uh, I did I did a range of different things. Like I used to love magic when I was a teenager. It's like magic at school, like magic tricks. Like you know, um, you know when I did the, for example, when I did the My Twelve Life thing, I remember like my first day with the camera at school. Like some kid was like, oh like oh like you're gonna walk around with a little camera. Like he said it in a very demeaning way, you know. Um, and that's disheartening and it was kind of disheartening at the time and it was the same with music like i also make hip-hop music and i make acoustic music and when i started making hip-hop music and and rap music um i definitely copped some for it right like oh you're a little rapper oh, you're a little rapper over here etc hmm. like basically you're going to get judged regardless it's funny with the rap stuff right like um i would do a song and uh, you know, it might be a little bit embarrassing. It might've got a little bit of hate, uh, like more, more in, internally between people, you know, talking like, oh, look at Tom, want to be rapper. It's funny now that Triple J play the rap music and then everyone tags me when it's on radio. <laughs> and and that's a very nice feeling. My, yeah, and cool, more my point is, you know, totally. And my more point was that like, you're going to get judged regardless. And in that line, I'm like, they might be judging in a good way. Like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that idea? Like, no way. And it's almost like, you know, you can't be liked by everyone, not even you like everyone. And that's just just the way it is, you know. But yeah, I guess it was, it's been kind of, I've been so fortunate 
I have like done these very out there things, these very public things, and it's landed me in a really good situation. And I seen, see the same for other people. Like, and I always have this anecdote or this word, this sentence I say to my friend, I say to him, if you're going to make art music, if you're going to make art, let's say you want to do a painting, if you're going to make music, if you're going to do a rap song, if you're going to start photography, like don't worry about making that art for the tradesman that you went to high school with or like the girl you went to high school with in year 10 who's now a nurse who's going to like hang crap on you like you should be looking at the other artists who say stuff to you the other photographers and it's crazy because if you're a photographer and you take a photo the the other photographers will back you up you know it's your mates who from high school who you've had a falling out with who will who might put you down for it and so it was the same with music like if i was going to do a rap song and i put it out there it was so rewarding when like another musician was like oh this is sick man like you know can't wait to hear the new stuff coming out and i didn't worry so much about what my old friend you know who was maybe giving me a bit of uh, uh, crap for it but yeah at the end of the day the overarch is just it's about being yourself like I, 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 I have been myself this whole time and it's landed me in a really good spot. And yeah, same with that thing about, you know, giving me crap about music and now Triple J play it. Or I was walking around high school with that little camera project that, you know, my old friend was talking about, you know, and, and now I'm on the telly and, and he might message me about it. The same guy, you know, saying, oh, I just saw you on telly, bro. That was so sick. Um, and uh, and that's that's no hate or negative comments towards him, but I've just experienced these comments over time. I think it's just so important at the end, at the end of the day to be yourself. Like it's it's gonna it's gonna land you in the best position. Um, you know, there's obviously also you know don't don't uh, be reckless with other people's hearts in that poem. Um, it's about asking the question, just kind of doing it. And uh, yeah, I, I was probably definitely going through it when I made that poem. Mm. <laughs> I think about it. <laughs> yeah. I just want to double down on that, mate. Like being yourself, it's mm. so like so important. And mm. if you can be yourself in any situation, like you, you stop faking things. You, it, I think it builds your confidence, your self-esteem, but it also you just genuine happiness, like pure mm. happiness, because you're being yourself in any situation. You're not trying to be someone you're not. And then when you reflect on it, like later on that day or that night it's like oh damn I actually wasn't myself and it's the same when you you know you interact with people like if you mm. if you're not yourself then you've got to constantly act as if you're not if you're someone else every time you meet that yeah. person and it's just so much it's just it's a, I feel like it's a detrimental to your mental health your physical health and, and everything because you're just putting too much energy into something you're not and it's just not worth it I find Totally. Yeah. Staying true to yourself, you know, on, on who you want to be, what your beliefs in, you know, what your beliefs are. It's be like, if you hear something, all your mates agree on it, but you don't kind of agree on it. You know, you should be yourself in, in standing up for what you believe in, in a sense, you know, you don't have to create conflict in it, but yeah, just staying true to yourself and wearing what you want to wear, you know, God, the, you know, even with what I wear on the Outback Tom stuff, you know, the very short, like, uh, stubby shorts and the singlet <laughs> cop crap for that initially now i can go to the pub wearing it no one bats an eye you know um and so like <laughs> you know it's not always easy being yourself you've got to push through sometimes but um everything you mentioned is 100 percent true you know yeah definitely and i think off the back of that it's the same with like like you just said if, if you don't agree with something it's 
it's like going back and thinking like, okay, is this actually my belief system? Is this what I believe in? Is this the, my biases? Or is it shaped from other people, culture, society, news? Mm. Like, do I actually believe in that? Or is that what someone else has believed so now I believe in it? I think that's really totally. important to, to like to, I guess, reflect on and, and think about as well. And with, you, and with your stubby shorts, my pop, my pop, you and my pop will get along because he like he mate. That's all he lives in. The stubby shorts and the singlet. Absolutely, absolutely. that's all you need. And you the Blundstones. I've got I've yeah. got my blundies on at the moment. Actually, yeah, they most versatile boot ever. I love them. No, so 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 important. <laughs> Wearing what you want, hundred percent, so important. Yeah, um, I love that, Tom. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, yes, yeah, I guess you. that kind of goes into. Um, guess the way that the world's going at the moment. So we're obviously using a lot more tech and that ties in with journalism nicely and, and, and journalism itself has just continued to evolve in that sense. Um, mm. And so documenting our lives and, and the like, which it seems you've nailed it, um, but in, in that way, it's got its, its pros and cons. Everything has got its negative effects. And Brad and I have talked about it in the past and how social media is a double-edged sword and so you can use it for good and then there's obviously the negative side effects of it but just curious mm. as to how you've been able to find um a way that's been balanced or if not and then if maybe you do struggle with it at times and how you might do that tom and Braden, 100 percent, i struggle with it i mean it's um you know the, the daily struggle of being on the phone too much the daily struggle of consuming too much i think just yes you know just yesterday i was probably battling about it you know yeah almost every day and i feel like if i could have the perfect routine for social media for technology it would essentially be consume little to no little to no social media i don't mind the telly the telly's fine watching the news is okay but if i had it my way it would be consuming no social media only making content for social media so if i want to make three films a week i make the films post them don't even check the phone yeah um, personally, I have these rules, like, um, as meant, you know, the first rule for me is I can't check the phone when I wake up until I'm sitting down, having a coffee in front of the TV. And then I can't check it till I'm at work half an hour later. Um, the other rule for me is go to the gym every day from around four o'clock to five o'clock. I cannot check the phone during that time. Um, you know, I go to the gym, everyone is scrolling, sort of sitting down, scrolling on a, on a, on an exercise machine of some sort. My rule is cannot check the phone. doesn't matter. If, if someone calls, of course, I can take it. But there is no checking Instagram. There's no Facebooking away, et cetera. Um, that, so that's definitely um, one for me. But look, it is, it is a real hard one, right? I feel like young people in general really struggle with it. I have to actually force myself. So maybe it's instead of sitting down scrolling, can I go make a film? Instead of sitting down scrolling, can I strum the guitar or make a song? Can I read a book? But it is an ongoing battle. I think having those rules in place is so important. I remember when I was used to do a bit of surfing in Broome, the, the surf isn't amazing, leaving the phone on the sand was like the hour and a half of freedom I had where I did not check social media. It's almost like you have to implement those things. If you're going to do a long run in the afternoon, the phone, you can't be checking the phone, you know. Um, if you're going to engage in study or homework etc it's a no phone time so i think those rules are, are important and they're not even rules right they're just setting yourself boundaries because it is important to put the phone down and sort of look up 
um, as the world tends to look down, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I love the, the gym one, mate, because, oh, mm. it's a frustration of mine. Like, you know, Same. Just, you, like, you, just, you, like, you finish like one of your reps or your exercises and like if, you, if you're in there and you're actually there to work, you're like, you're cooked, right? Because you, you go mm. hard and then you see someone just like sitting there scrolling on Instagram or TikTok and you're like, are you serious? Like, you're here to totally. to work out. Why are you on? Yeah, it frustrates the crap out of me. So totally, I always just, I really try. You know, I just try. Okay, it's all good. But yeah, 100%. I definitely set it for my own rule. Just yeah. no, just no strong while you're at the gym. You know, it's yeah. and it's good for yourself. You know, it's it's just you and whether you're lifting a weight or whether you're running on a treadmill or rowing on the machine. Like, it's good for yourself. You well, it know? just helps you be more intentional. Like yeah. you're going to the gym, and then that intentionality mm, exactly. is going to help you with. The whole workout. Um, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, Tom, we haven't got too uh, much longer left because uh, Brayden will have to be out of here by, by 12 because Robbie's got a workshop, I think. But um, I just really quickly want to touch on um, what else that you might be going have going on at the moment, what's upcoming, if you're able to tell us, and where the listeners might be able to reach you if they want to catch some of your content. Absolutely. Um Okay, I what have been up to at the moment? Uh, we just we'll finish off NADOC week. It's been a really big week. Um, I'm going to be a really fun project that's coming up is I'm presenting a TV show at the end of the month on the ABC called Backroads, um, where I travel to remote Queensland and take a deep dive into this small community in remote Queensland. So that'll be coming out on like the 31st. That'll be very exciting. Cool. Um, it's kind of one of those like travel doco style shows that will be coming out. And then um, I might, I can't have a release date, but I might be dropping into the Play School Studios maybe to say g'day um, at some time this month. So that <laughs> awesome. will be another project that will come out at some point, which will be really fun. But look, right now, you know, most of the films I'm making, most of the personal video projects, music projects, art projects are all going out on my personal account, which is just uh, under Outback Tom. And ideally, I'll be heading back to the Kimberley in the next month or so to do another batch of filming with my grandfather and, uh, yeah, get some more cooking films out for the, for the people to watch. Love that. That's awesome. Um, this, um, that Queensland trip, that'll be sick. But the play school, man, that'll be pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all a little bit under wraps at the moment just because there's nothing too official. But I will be popping in there um, for a couple of hours at some point this month. Who true. knows when anything will go up further than that. But, yeah, probably one, one of those kind of journalism milestones that uh, people tend to have. It's, uh, it's definitely definitely one of those for me. Epic, brother. And um, we'll be sure to include the, um, all the links to Outback Time in the show notes and stuff. But, um, yeah, keen for everyone to go check that out, which is good. And, Braden, what do you know? i got one question. Mm-hmm. With this, you mentioned it right at the start about the emu eggs and the sculpting mm-hmm. and stuff. Have you learnt yourself? Because I, I reckon it would be unbelievable. One hundred percent. So do I. And I've even, I've even, I've even had a look into it. Listen, I'm, I like back in the back in the Kimberley, the mob there carved boab nuts, and then obviously there's the emu egg carvings on more of the eastern state side. Yep. It is something, and I've I've worked partially on a film about some kids going out to get emu eggs. It is one of those things that I 100% want to look more into and get more into. I've never had a crack at, my, at it myself, but it's definitely on the list. And I want to 
take a deeper dive into it and especially into my great-grandfather about his work as an emu egg carver. Yeah, it'd be so cool. Be like, that'd be, yeah, I just, found oh. that. I just wanted to touch on that because <laughs> I reckon it'd be awesome. Um, Absolutely. No, definitely on the list though. Epic, brother. Well, Tom, mate, thank you so much for your time this morning. Um, so I was just so fucking, oh, excuse my language, so, so excited for this episode and thank you, like, couldn't thank you enough for sharing your insight and your perspective. Um, and yeah, really keen to chat with you soon and see, and excited to see your content that you release in the future. Unreal. Look, Tom and Braden, thanks so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the questions and thank you for, um, yeah, giving me some, some time to have a yarn and for taking interest in my own story. And I hope that for, you know, you listening out there, I hope that, um, I shared something that, uh, you can, uh, you can take on board in, in, in some, in some way. But yeah, thank you, John Braden. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Hapes, mate. We appreciate you jumping on and hopefully we'll get to meet you in person soon. Um, absolutely. Cool. I'll be dropping in for a coffee when I'm in town next. All right. Love that. Oh, one, wait, last thing, <laughs> last yep. thing. So one thing that we're, the question we have at the start is how to get switched on. There's another thing that we're, we're, if we, every time we remember. So at the end, it's, you know, the week's gone by, but who's someone that you're grateful for for the week or someone that you want to give a shout out to or that you've, like, that's helped you out or something like that. We, we're going to go around and do that quickly because okay. we're trying to implement Look. that. Absolutely. Right now, um, it would be to my brother boy, my best friend, Jackson, who's back home in the Kimberley. Me and him talk uh, every single day. He's my best friend. And um, whenever we're going through any sort of hardships, you know, even though we live on the side of Australia, we talk every single day. And like having my best friend there so accessible from so far is something I really appreciate. And I, and I always want to, you know, share my appreciation to him because uh, whenever I'm going through a hard time, my brother boy is there for me. Love that. What about you, other Tom? I'm going to go my mum because my mum has been just super supportive in the last couple of weeks as I've been moving out, helping me move my stuff from place to place and just giving, giving me a good mum cuddle. So, um, yeah, thanks to mum. Uh, mine is you, my man, Tommy. Um, hey. Because like last week, mate, you've been unreal checking in on me. Um, but one thing I'm really grateful for is we went on our little walk yesterday and that was our sort of little meeting to discuss, you know, switched on to discuss podcasts, to discuss sort of everything. And, um, you know, the last week, mate, you've been really, really supportive of me and, and thinking about me. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank you. And off the back of that, um, yeah, I'm really, really appreciative of what you've been doing lately, mate, for switched on, but also, um, yeah, checking in on me. So oh, that's Thank mine. you, brother. Uh, I actually want to mention that Braden got me an air fryer because I'm moving houses and he got me a little housewarming present. So <laughs> it's been put to good use. Yeah, boy. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. All right. Awesome. We'll, we'll finish that off there. Um, thank you guys for tuning in for another episode and we will catch you in the next one. Cheers. Thanks, you. guys. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you liked it, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a review, all that jazz. We love your support and we'd love for you to continue supporting us. If you want more info and want to know what we've got coming up, please head to our Instagram, chuck us a follow. And even check out our website for more episodes, resources, recommendations and lots, lots, lots more. Links are attached in the description below. Cheers.